On this episode of the podcast, I'm going to do something quite different. Many of you know I personally manage musicians throughout the world, and this past week, I do one-on-ones with them every week, and I had the chance to get to know one of my new clients. I heard his story, and I wanted to share that story with you. It includes prison, losing a family member to a drug overdose, meeting Ellen DeGeneres, and he ran 16 marathons in 16 days. All that coming up, but first, I want to share one of the reviews that came in from iTunes, Hannah K Music says, just started listening to the podcast and working with Rick. And the only word I have to say is amazing. Rick always answers my questions, even some I didn't think I had. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, all you have to do is go to iTunes and leave a review. The episode is coming up. Right now is the best time ever to be in the music industry. The opportunities to build, engage, and monetize a fan base has never been easier. So why do so many artists still feel stuck and frustrated? Because the music industry is constantly evolving, and they aren't. I created this podcast as a way to help you navigate the music industry, to stay up to date with the changes, to help get your mind focused on what really matters. My name is Rick Barker, and I went from living homeless on the streets, addicted to drugs, to helping launch one of the biggest stars in the world. I've consulted major labels like Sony and Big Machine Records, talent TV shows like American Idol and The Launch, I co-authored the $150,000 music degree, and I speak at music conferences all over the world. I have a goal to affect millions of people with songs I didn't write or perform by helping creatives just like you get your content to the world. This podcast is one of my ways to achieve that. Welcome to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. So you're in uh, you're in Arizona, that's right, Phoenix. Yeah. So Arizona was my region when I worked at Big Machine Records. So I had a lot of great friends at Camel Country and KNIX, and we've done oh, the, cool. we Taylor and I did the tree lighting uh, at the mall out there with KNIX one year, and Tim back when it was Tim and Willie, and then my buddy Matt McAllister was the morning guy there for a while. So wow, I know the area well. I love I love Phoenix. And right now it's it's nice again. <laughs> That's good. You guys are finally experiencing what you guys like to call fall. Yeah, yeah. Without the color change. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, I don't think the cactus has changed color. Do <laughs> the last time I was there was when we were with Rascal Flats. I was managing Trent Harmon at the time, and we were with Rascal Flats, and it just reminded me we were staying at an Airbnb, and you know, it's like the backyard's dirt, the front yard's dirt. You know, everything's like dirt and. Then there's a cactus every now and then that pops up. That's funny. Jim, uh, their drummer is a sweetheart, man. I did a VIP at Auction Pavilion last time they came through. and Oh, wow. Uh, he, he came up and sat in and played a song with us. Well, that was nice. Yeah. And VIP yeah. is just like this little area for their yep. street ticket holders, you know? Yeah, no, we, we would pop in there every night and just kind of hang out and watch what was happening and stuff. And yeah, they're super, super cool. Uh, heard your new song. I like it. Uh, because a lot of what I was seeing uh, I could find a lot of was mostly like news footage. And then there was that uh, video clip of you trying to get corporate gigs and things like that and stuff. So who are you? You know, I, it's like, I know you're the marathon guy. I know you do the, co- who are you? That's what I want to know. And I think that's what the fans are going to want to know too. Um, I mean, the marathon stuff just happened like recently. Um, 
I mean, I just, I'll just get real, real quick with you. You know, uh, I fought a DUI for three years and I lost. And um, in prison was when I ran my first marathon because there wasn't much else to do, you know. Right. Um, and I wasn't trying to make friends with some of the people there. So I got it. Um, but, you know, while I was there, I also wrote 20 songs. Um, and so all of it has just kind of come together. And since that, which which me getting out of prison is uh, two years and three, four months ago. Uh, How long were you there for? Four months. Okay. Um, they made you go to prison for four months? You didn't have to do county jail for four months? I, w I was on a suspended license. Got it. So it was a felony. Right. Um, yeah, DUI on a suspended. See, I was driving on a suspended. So mine was violating probation. It reviolated my last three DUIs. So then I had to, re it was just a big nonsense. But I did four months and county jail, which is very different. Yeah, um, yeah, it, but you know, uh, I learned a lot about myself. Um, you know, that's the first time I read Think and Grow Rich. I mean, I, I took it as like a, a four month sabbatical to become a better person. Um, Good for you. And since then, um, it's been that where I put myself first in the sense of like, trying to just become a better person, reading, meditating, doing things that really lift me up. I've always been, a musician at heart in, in a way that meant like I got up late, I slept in, but I've consistently been getting up now at 6am and, and doing things to push my life and my business forward. Good for you. The marathons um, were kind of born out of that. So last year when I released my album, What's That Gotta Do With My Dreams, I was trying to find some sort of thing to go with it. And so I ran the rock and roll marathon out here in Tempe and I performed on the main stage after Everclear with my band after I ran it. That's when the marathon musician was kind of born. Um, and then, you know, I was like, what am I, else am I going to do? And Ellen DeGeneres is somebody who inspires me. And, um, as a musician, I've always thought to myself, like, what, what would be this big break I could get, you know? Mm -hmm. And my grandparents were a huge Dave Letterman fan. So when they were alive, they're always like, we'd love to see you on Letterman, you know? Um, and I remember Conan O'Brien breaking Radiohead and mm -hmm. Christina Hall breaking, uh, I think Tony Braxton and, yeah. um, but you know, that world's changed. It has, yeah. yes. And so I was like, I always felt drawn to Ellen. So one day I went on her website and um, uh, I found, you know, it was like, if your dog did something funny, submit it here. If you know a teacher who deserves to have her student loans paid off, submit her here. One of them just said, uh, do you want Ellen to make your dreams come true? And it's funny, in the description it says, do you want to meet Taylor Swift? Do you want a tour of the Boston Red Sox ballpark? What is your dream? And my dream to meet her, to tell her that in my life, I come from alcoholic parents, a lot of different things. I lost my only brother to heroin. You know, I find that having someone who offers a place of happiness and joy, like if you want to smile, turn on Ellen, go on her Facebook page, bet she posted something. You know? Yeah. Um, and so I submitted to her website 200 days in a row. I did a video blog. And I said what I was doing that day and um, told her she inspired me and whatever. And, um, but over those 200 days, I realized as I was documenting my life, once a month I go to Sunshine Village where my good friend's mom is, she has dementia. Right. And once a month I go visit kids, uh, the Arizona Cancer Foundation for Children, and I play for them. And I do all these different things. I go to um, Chrysalis, which is driving out domestic violence, which is, these are all the, foundations that I ended up aligning with with my marathons but I started right. realizing like 
I'm already inspiring people and I'm already making a difference. Um, and it really kind of put some things in perspective to me. You know, I bring this energy to these patients with dementia. I'm, I'm smiling when I walk in. I'm not worried right. about what happened in my day and how I feel about it. Um, and it made me go, why don't I carry that energy all day? Why don't I give everybody that, that love? And um, a lot of things happened. And on one of my video blogs on New Year's Eve, uh, I was running because I, I am a runner. And um, I said on my video blog to Ellen, I said, I'll run all the way to Burbank if I have to. And I went home, I told my fiance, she looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> and um, three months later, we were doing it. Um, and to be honest, man, like part of my French, it kind of fucked me up. Because afterwards, um, sorry, my dog's trying to get some attention. Don't worry. <clears throat> I have two that love attention. Um, you know, it was very clear that, um, I mean, I had kids with cancer texting me. Uh, it was very clear the positive impact I made in my community. Sure. Uh, and it, it made me question music, which has been my passion and my love since I was a little kid. Um, it made me question what I should be doing with my life. And uh, I gathered my thoughts and um, I'm, I'm an avid writer and you know I probably have about 80 songs that aren't recorded that I could play for you right now. And um, so I just put this plan together in my head. Uh, I go to Tennessee, uh, Chattanooga to be specific. That's where I kind of have a team. And uh, I was like, I'm gonna go out there twice, twice a year and I'm gonna record three songs and I'm gonna start releasing a song once every three months, once a quarter. And then over the time, I'll start back cataloging some songs too. And um, once I had that and I put that in motion, then it enabled me to see like, well, what's next with this inspiration thing? So to be honest, from April to June, I was kind of confused. Um, and then in June, I got out to Tennessee and started that. And so, you know, who I am is I'm, I'm passionate about music and I'm always going to write and record music because that's what I love to do. And I love playing with my band on stage and giving that energy. Um, but I also have this other thing that, that uh, is my purpose. Right. And they kind of blend together. And right now I'm, I'm in the middle of organizing all that, if you will. Sure. And when we can combine our purpose and our passion together, that not only makes for us to be happy, but it makes for the people that we're touching happier too, because they can feel it from us. You know, they really understand it. I had that same situation when people were like, why didn't you just go out and try to find another Taylor Swift? You know, I said one, because there's only one Taylor Swift. I said two is I said, the chances of people growing to that level at that speed, it doesn't happen. Not if they want to build a long-term career. We've seen some short careers. We've seen some one hit wonders. We've seen some people accepting awards one year. And the next year we never see them again, you know? And I'm like, and plus two is I never wanted to put the pressure on an artist to have to make money so that my family could survive. Cause that's a lot of pressure to put on an artist. You know, when the artist knows that, wow, everyone in my camps relies on me. It's really hard for them. I feel to have bad days. It's really hard for them to go through trials and tribulations that we all go through in life because they feel so pressured to take care of everyone else. And that's where artists start going to drugs or going to other outlets or things like that to get their minds off of all this pressure. And I'm like, let me think about this. 
if people keep having babies that want to be famous, I never run out of a potential audience if I can figure out how to take what it is that I do and put it online and be in a position to be able to help more people. And for years, I fought offering myself as a manager outside of the traditional way. One, because it was so exhausting explaining to people that I'm an employee. When the manager, the manager's employee and he needs to get paid and everybody's like, well, you should get paid when I get paid. Well, it's your business. It's like telling your employees, you need to work for free until we start becoming a profitable business. Hope there's a return. <laughs> yeah, most businesses don't start making money till the third year. And what I was seeing is that some artists couldn't handle that first year, second year, third year of not realizing, wow, it's not all about opening up for major label acts. It's not all about being on award shows. There's a lot of no's. There's a lot of stuff that happens. And when I shifted four months ago, when I said, you know what? I'm going to stop trying to convince people that they need coaching and mentorship. What they need is a manager, but they need a big picture manager, big picture, strategy, accountability, door opening, someone who's willing to have the tough conversations and say, look, this isn't working, but here's how you can fix it. A solutions person. They don't need someone watching their calendar. There's nothing on it. They don't need that day to day person that they think they need. And when I made that shift, Lee, it really, changed everything. And what just happened last week during those four live webinars absolutely changed the game for me. Yeah. It changed the game. I've, I've got a better client who's coming into my world. It's like I raised my prices, removed the refund policy, and I found better artists that were willing to come on board because they wanted this one-on-one -on -one interaction with me. By raising the price, it incentivized me to do these onboarding sessions to really get to know about my clients. And what happened with, when that happened is what God was telling me was like, Rick, up to this point, you've lowballed yourself to try to make everyone happy. Yeah. You're not incentivized to really get to know your clients outside of the Facebook group. And when they come on management sessions calls, but by doing this, you're going to see how you can affect them faster and quicker. And it's also going to, increase your business down the road because now instead of having to show examples of this is what I did for somebody five years ago who paid me 25 grand and this is what I did for somebody three years ago that paid me 25 grand I'm able to have somebody like you come on and say my name's Lee and last month I watched the same webinar training you did I made the investment in Rick we had a conversation and he was able to point out these one or two things and I've been able to change them and now I'm seeing progress in my business. Or he was able to introduce me to this person which opened this door. That's gonna be way more effective than this other stuff. So sometimes our clarity comes at the right time. Some people ask me, Rick, are you sure that you wanna keep telling people that you were a drug addict strung out on crack cocaine and lived homeless on the streets. I'm like, yeah, because somebody is going to see that I also went on to launch the biggest star in the world. And they may either be going through something themselves or know someone who's going through something. And I'm living proof that my past does not define my future. That's also yeah. your message. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey, we all make mistakes in life. The only difference between me and you and the majority of the world is we got caught. <laughs> if, you, if you think about it how many, how many times have people 
been driving drunk and got home and didn't kill anybody or get arrested and go, holy cow, how did that happen? Yeah. You know, how many, so I always tell people, it's like, don't judge me by what I've done 30 years ago. Judge me by what I'm doing today. You know, judge me by what I'm able to bring to the world today. And that's my message of, of hope. It's like, look, don't give up on people. You know, I'm, I'm living proof, you know, God had other plans for me and I'm not here to put religion on anyone. That just happens to be my story. But when I wanted to give up and when I was too scared to put a gun to my head and I asked God to let me die and he didn't, I didn't realize the plan he had for me. The plan he had for me was to take this blessing that he'd given me and go share it with the rest of the world. I have these superpowers that I don't know how I got them because I didn't finish high school. I didn't go to college. I've taken a lot of classes. I do a lot of self-learning but I'm able to simplify really complicated subjects for people. And that's a gift that I don't know where I got it, but it's a gift that I share and it's a gift that I want to bring. And that's where I think we can focus your story is we can tell your story and not a woe is me kind of situation, but this was the adversity. This is what came from it. Think about everything that is on TV right now. Let's think these talent shows, you hear a little bit of music, but you hear a whole lot of story. You hear a whole lot of rags to riches. You hear a whole lot of came from an abusive relationship, told I was nothing, and now I'm on this big stage singing kind of situation. What I heard in your story, which I absolutely loved, was when you go to the folks with dementia. I always tell artists, if you want to go to a captive audience who will not judge you, who could care less if you're in tune or not, who could care less about the quality of your vocals, go to old people. They absolutely love it and it will make you a better performer. It's like whenever we want to serve others, we have to get out of self. And by serving others, it allows us to get out of self. Dude, I agree completely. And like, it's every time I go, it makes me feel better, you know? And then they're so warm and receptive and you know, last week I was at the dementia home. This week I was at the domestic abuse shelter. And, you know, like, like as I've, you know, I live my life much more sober and, and as I've become much more aware of my energy, I've become much more aware of other people's energy. And, like, you know, walking in, especially the, the shelter, um, I mean, there's a lot of energy there, you know. And I, I felt real awkward there uh, when I was there on Tuesday. And... It ended up being the most beautiful time ever, you know, like little kids dancing and, you know, different women like singing along and the cook in the back coming out and dancing. There ain't no sunshine. And yeah. you know, and like and I and now I, I reflect on that and like I think about, man, how, like how awkward I felt when I first came in because it was there was so much tension and and people like talking loud and, and cursing and, and, you know, kids screaming. And, it, and you know, I, I almost didn't want to play. You know, I almost felt like. I don't know, just this, this apprehension or, and, um, but every, every time I go to one of those places, it, it lifts me up and it makes me live better and affect more people in a positive way. Cool. Well, man, I appreciate you telling your story to me. Uh, what I'm going to ask right now is permission to take the first part of this recording and turn it into a podcast episode, because I think a lot of people can learn from it. Uh, I'll be able to point people towards your socials and get to know more about you. And I think it could be a very win-win situation uh, for the both of us. And I would just love to share your story and use my platform to help share your story and turn people onto your music if you're okay with that. Of course. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, there you go. 
If you feel that having a manager is what is needed in your career, if you think that is what is missing, I invite you to head on over to managemymusiccareer.com. That's managemymusiccareer.com. Take the Am I Ready for a Manager assessment, and also you'll get invited to a free manager training where I talk about what it is that a manager does, when you should look for a manager, what to expect from your manager, and I'll even break the big myth of what everyone thinks is really happening inside the music business. Just head over to managemymusiccareer.com. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water, you drown by staying there.